All right, so I'm very excited to have our next amazing guest. He has an amazing Instagram handle. I wish I thought of it. Uh, it's called Glamputee. Mm -hmm uh g and then amputee and um alex has been doing so much amazing work um in his space um i'm just gonna let him introduce himself because uh i don't know if i can say it right so um can you uh can you tell us what you do alex yeah absolutely i am a counselor i'm a community organizer i'm a disability justice champion i and queer, I try to dress cute, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot out here. Awesome. And um, you do a lot of stuff in terms of advocacy. And when I was um, in college, I had a, um, I had a PhD who had a, he had an iron lung. So he was on a wheelchair and then we learned like a lot of design principles from him. And uh, he taught mm -hmm. us a lot about language and how to address. So um, how would you like to be called by others? Yeah, I mean, as a millennial, it's my birthright to not use a phone as a phone. <laughs> but if you are <laughs> going to call me, <laughs> uh, I mean, Glamputee is something I've been coming into, enjoying. Uh, you can call me queen, girl, ma'am. Uh, but yeah, disability, disabled, all of those things, those are words that I don't find to be bad. I'm trying to destigmatize disability through my work. So that's why I kind of been playing around with um the word amputee in the way that I am. Mm -hmm. I love it. And um, how did you start your journey? Like, can you walk us through like um, just your fascinating life? Yeah. How did how did you become the person you are today? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's been lifelong. I was born, you know, with a a birth difference, and so, you know, in a way, I've been informally doing advocacy all my life, you know, advocating for my needs in an inaccessible world. Um, now I've just come into, you know, the privilege and, and fortune of getting to move from like personal advocacy to activism on a community scale um, through this like disability justice work, right? Trying to help um, promote the, the needs and perspectives of black and brown disabled folks. Um, a lot of that came through my time in uh, my grad program at San Francisco State um, doing counseling, specializing in supporting people with disabilities and being in the Bay Area where disability civil rights and disability justice kind of, you know, exploded and, and originated. I've had the opportunity to really learn from a lot of amazing folks and kind of put my own spin and flair on how I like want to um, help inform people who aren't as aware of these things and also help empower disabled folks in the community that kind of like feel a part of you know so it's just been a lot of a lot a lot a lot of speaking gigs um i do a lot of i facilitate workshops um trainings things like that so it was kind of moving from more informal or like more academia focused like conferences and um, classroom presentations to then um, having opportunities that like um, community organizations or universities, uh, for-profit spaces, getting to do those similar things, but in a more, um, you know, <laughs> compensated way and in a way that's less, um, you know, academia can be very, like, research-oriented and data-driven, and my style is more conversational and just trying to help people connect with the disability community as a facet of our culture as opposed to something that's like othered or um, 
the thing that people treat as though they, they have never encountered and never will. Mm -hmm. So um, what causes are you most passionate about? Because you work on a lot of things, but like what are your priorities? Yeah, it, disability justice is at the forefront for sure. Uh, I also, as a counselor, I do substance use counseling. So harm reduction is really important to me. Uh, you know, harm reduction saves lives and that's been really dope. <laughs> pun intended to come into uh, you know queer liberation I love my queer folks um, you know been trying to learn more about climate justice since our planet is literally on fire <laughs> uh, yeah there's just so much so I think those are some of at the top of my list mm -hmm. I love that so um, what do you wish people would stop doing as I mentioned you know I encounter often uh, pretty let's say like antiquated perspectives on disability or even like people asking if I'll do like a disability awareness training or disability sensitivity. Sometimes people even use the term like disability etiquette. And for me, I feel like it's, you know, I can now say this officially, it's 2020. And if we're at this point in our like society and we're still like becoming aware that disabled folks exist, I just feel like we're like, too far behind, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I think it's more about like getting, uh, I'm just tired of that kind of framing. It feels very like uh, voyeuristic, you know, I feel kind of like a zoo animal, you know, people tapping on the glass, like, <laughs> how do I be sensitive to Alex? Like, what do I say? What do I do? And it's just like, just figure it out, like do better, you know? Um, and I think in terms of things I experienced personally, um, I often encounter people in public who just ask me what happened to you or like what happened to your leg. Um, and I just find that very invasive and rude. Um, and it's just, I think goes to show how much people don't see disabled folks as people, mm -hmm. you know, it's just kind of like nobody becomes an amputee in like a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It's just odd to ask such like a private question that is, almost always related to trauma of a stranger. So um, anybody listening, if you do that, um, please don't anymore. Just we will cut you. We will burn your village. <laughs> I do. Um, I have, <laughs> we'll I have crutches. I know how to use them. Yeah. I have a yellow belt in Taekwondo from when I was like 10. I'm yeah. sure it's dusty, but I'll put it to use. You think like beating somebody with a crutch while doing Taekwondo is the ultimate? <laughs> or like you attach your crutch I mean, to your leg? somehow and then do like a roundhouse click do you think that would basically kill a person or like trauma i love the idea of like uh go go from kill bill like if i could have <laughs> like a hanging mace <laughs> from my leg that i could just like swing around um and like maybe like blunt i don't need it to be like pokey i just really want to um bruise just give somebody like a nice bruise to think about later Okay, I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, so what projects are you working on right now? Yeah, I, uh, so my, my baby, my, my bread and butter is my disability justice workshop. I call it still the disability. Uh, it is combining my love of puns and an homage to black queer ball culture. Um, trying to bring people together to community building around disability justice. Um, I've gotten to host it in San Francisco, LA, Portland, um, New York, and I am hoping to host it again in Oakland this year and 
make it specifically for black indigenous and people of color. Uh, I had the, the like immense privilege of participating in um, an emergent strategy institute with uh, Adrienne Marie Brown last year, and it was all black indigenous and people of color. And it's just like such a different vibe when you don't have to, you don't have explain, to explain things to white people or tiptoe around, around white supremacy. White supremacy. <laughs> um, um, so I'd love to so talk love about to disability talk about justice in the context of, of that community um, this year. So I'm trying to get some people together, figure out how to like incorporate artists and performers and like vendors, like make it kind of like a big spectacle as opposed to like, just like I'm lecturing and you're learning. Like I want it to be fun, you know? Mm -hmm. I love it. So, okay, let's, um, let's switch gears. Like who do you think is funny besides you and me, obviously, if it's even possible in the universe, like who's number three funny? Uh, I mean, I think after us, it's like probably nobody. Um, but if oh, I yeah. had to say, <laughs> I would say definitely uh, Danielle Perez. I um, she's one of my my good Judy's. Um, sorry, what'd you say? I don't know who that is. I need to. Yeah, she's a yes, my... yeah, for sure. Check her out. She's an LA comedian. Um, She's also disabled. She's a fat woman of color. She's, uh, I think for me, what I really want in humor, you know, I think there's a reverence, there's crassness. She's really like, uh, I feel like it's, it's, she's never punching down. You know what I mean? I feel like she makes fun of the things that people usually shy away from, but it also doesn't feel like she's doing it at the expense of people that, um like aren't in the room you know um and so it just feels like it's not like cheap shots uh but it's still like going places that usually feel like risky or risky you know not listening to like a white man making jokes about race or like people making fun of disabilities you know it, it's really fun to see her like shine and um i, I adore her Okay, I love that. And so, okay, I don't know if I could ask this, but I'm very curious, but if not, I totally understand it as well. So like, what is your dating life like now? Yeah, it's very different than it used to be. <laughs> uh, I came out when I was living in Miami and um, it was really funny because like, it was such a new experience and um, it's a very specific kind of dating culture. You know, there's a lot of like machismo. There's a lot of just like people are looking for like muscle bodies and like hairlessness and perfection. And those are a lot of boxes that I do not check. Um, and so moving to San Francisco and like having people celebrate body hair and like queerness and, and weirdness, it's been really fun to like kind of come into sluttiness, you know, and wanting to like, uh, date around and get to know people. I think what's been hard is that um, in the queer community, a lot of spaces that people like me tend to be bars and parties and spaces that usually aren't like physically accessible. Um, and so having to like stand for long periods of time or like uh, just be present in that way, even like people like using drugs and stuff, it just gets really hard on my crutches. So. Uh, it's definitely interesting to navigate, like, wanting to go out and be social and, like, flirt, 
and have sex and then also be like I'm drunk and trying not to fall over on my crutches and like still be like cool and you know sexy like that's a lot to like balance literally and metaphorically yeah for sure so um who do you consider your hero uh man I was thinking about this I mean there's so many people but um Mama Cax um you know she passed away last month, unfortunately. She was uh, a Haitian um, amputee model, and um, she just, like, unabashedly owned her body, you know, um, posting, like, stunning pictures of her with really fabulous prosthetics or crutches that were really beautiful. Um, I find often with disability, people are trying to, like, put it in a box where it's really palatable, Um, you know, like, let's shy away from this or let's not look at it let's look at everything else and I think everything that she did always felt like it was centered around like her blackness her disability um and it it was just she served as a possibility model that you know I want to also help people like see disability as something that people can own and be proud of and like really love um so it's really sad to see um her her past so early and so just disability justice activists um, in the Bay and, and, you know, the country like Patty Byrne, Mia Mingus, Leroy Moore, Antoine Hunter, like all these queer black and brown disabled folks who are just like out here doing this like bomb ass radical work that I'm just like <laughs> bow down, you know? Yeah, I love it. So um, what kinds of people do you enjoy working with? You know, given that so much of my work is like emotional labor and organizing like i love when people are down to clown you know like Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so much of this is trying to get people to make change or like uh look at the world in a different way and Mm -hmm. so when i can come into a space and people are like engaged and ready and like vulnerable and just like willing to make mistakes and be imperfect and say it ugly like all of that is really refreshing and exciting to me because I don't go into spaces expecting people to say smart things or impress me like that's not the point the point is that we're all trying to like do better Um, and so when people are ready to do that um, that's really invigorating and I've also just really enjoyed the pleasure of working with disabled folks who haven't had Um, a name to put on what they're going through. You know, that was a huge, like, aha moment for me at the beginning of my grad program, learning about the disability civil rights movement. Like, I didn't know that movement happened. Um, So to be, and and that, like, lit a fire under me to do what I'm doing now. And so to get to kind of do the same thing for other disabled people is just, like, just icing on the cake, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um... What, uh, let me think, because you talk about emotional labor, let's go with that. So a lot of people mm. don't know what it is. So can you explain to uh, our listeners, what do you think it is or in your experience? Yeah, you know, emotional labor to me is just kind of holding space for people's emotions and um, really trying to do honor to the time and energy it takes to like move through, excuse me, conflict or learning or unlearning, you know, or um, processing, right? And so it's like, if you and I 
are in a fight, right? Like trying to, to mend that, like that's emotional labor. If I'm trying to hold space for white fragility, right? Somebody, you know, in the workplace is upset because I called out something that's unjust in terms of race and racism. Like that's emotional labor, trying to facilitate groups, you know, for people to learn about disability justice, that's emotional labor. Um, anything where it's like, you have to invest in a situation and like, either altruistically, like for the benefit of a greater good or even just to support somebody. Um, and I think the reason why labor is important to acknowledge is that it is work, right? Usually we like equate work to like something you get paid for or like you go into the office or, you know, you're doing like physical things that people can see a product or, you know, a change. And that's why emotional labor is really challenging because usually it takes a lot of time and you're not going to have like this nice, pretty product at the end. It, it's, it's more subtle. It's more nuanced than that. Yeah, totally. Um, so what, uh, what makes you angry or annoyed? Uh, so, I mean, following that, like <laughs> a lot of <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. right. People who aren't willing to do emotional labor. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like when things, relationships aren't reciprocal. I think that's really frustrating for me. Um, people who aren't good communicators, you know, I think there's certainly privilege that I have in that regard, you know, being a counselor, like I've trained myself to work on that and I've still got work to do, but damn, some people are out here just like not with it. And by people, I usually mean men, uh, but it's hard, you know, and, and it's frustrating to feel like I'm trying and not feeling like people are giving that back. Um, I feel like other, you know, uh, just like the inaccessibility of life is really frustrating. I go to parties and drag shows and spaces that I want to be in and I can't participate in the same way and kind of sucks to feel like I'm the only one that's facing that issue, even though I know I'm not. Um, yeah, so that's kind of something I've been working around. So true. So, okay. So if you rule the world, what would you do? Uh, I would make everything more queer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Unabashedly. <laughs> yeah. What, what's an example? Uh, I've been saying happy new queer to everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just feel like, <laughs> um, I went to a party recently and it was like a big block party and it was, like a, predominantly a lot of straight people in like very flamboyant costumes and, you know, outfits and things. And it's just so fascinating to me that like, I, I often see a lot of straight people like only expressing themselves flamboyantly like at parties or like at specific events. And it's like, they seem like they're really enjoying themselves and it seems like a really liberating experience. And I'm like, this is what queerness is. You know, it's just kind of like breaking out of the box doing the most, being extra. Like we all feel better when we don't participate in these binaries and like are held back by how we're, we think we're supposed to act. So I'm like, just be that all the time. You don't need these like weird arbitrary dates in the year to be more queer. Um, and it just queerness as like an ideology, right? If, if you're like breaking the binary, you are inherently more queer. It doesn't mean that you have to have sex with people that you know, you're not interested in having sex with. I think that's what, when I'm like, let's be more queer. And people are like, well, I'm not queer. I'm like, that's not what I mean. Chill out. Uh, but 
but yeah, I feel like queerness is kind of the answer to all of our our struggles of learning how to like, you know, whether it's around like capitalism or, you know, climate justice or disability justice, like queerness inherently allows us to think more creatively, allows us to, to be more free. And so I just, yeah. I just want everybody to be more queer. Just do it. I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. I don't know if it may work though for me. Uh, we'll see. I believe uh, in you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you let me know. We can talk it out. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Um, so, okay. Uh, if you could do over anything, what would you do over? You know, when I read this question, I feel like I thought of a couple of experiences and they all summed up to just like shoot your shot, you know? Like, I feel like there have been a lot of times in life where I've like overthought something or waited too long right kind of like I knew I wanted it and I didn't allow myself to go for it and I missed my chance and um just learning you know just seeing how the world is changing just seeing you know people pass um, unexpectedly seeing you know just kind of like how uh temporary everything is it's like just go for it you know if you feel safe and and it's something that you want to do like I think that's something that I would, and I'm, I'm benefiting more from lately, right? It's like, you never know what's going to come of going for the thing that you want. It's, it's, I've rarely experienced something that is like super linear where it's like, I want this end thing. So I'm going to do this, this, and this to get that. It's like saying yes to doing a panel has led to this cool opportunity to this amazing thing. And it's like, you kind of can't plan that. So I'm just, uh, I would say to anybody who's feeling hesitant, like just fucking go for it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I love it. And uh, is there any overall advice you would give to us uh, that you didn't get a chance to talk about? Um, you know, outside of like, if he's not texting you back, don't keep trying. Um, yeah, so true. Uh, yes. Oh my God. That's, big, I'm, <laughs> that's it. Um, no, that's, that's something solid. I'm still working solid on. Advice. I love it. <laughs> Actually, if you yeah, do that, 90% of dating problems would be gone. Seriously, that's that's absolutely good. resolved. Truly, yeah. if they're if they're a ghost, don't keep them around. Just exercise them. Uh, I would say one of the really fabulous things I learned um, from disability justice is like, you know, people talk a lot about self care, and I feel like being disabled, right? Being in a society where my body is treated as disabled. Um, just learning to take care of myself and like what that really means. I feel like self-care has kind of like lost a lot of meaning because people say it so often and it's so co-opted by like, you know, buy this thing or go to this class or like, you know, these things that you have to throw money at. And it's really like, I've overextended myself trying to like, you know, book all these gigs and work two jobs. And it's the long haul, you know, it's the marathon. And if, if I'm not around, um, if I'm not able to continue fighting the good fight, then it doesn't matter like how much change I made in a short amount of time, right? I'm only one person. And so I'm, I'm trying to do better about, and I'm encouraging everyone in my life to really like reevaluate like what works, what's, um, you know, what is, what is getting in the way of like taking care of yourself and like, how can we all benefit from like slowing down, resting <laughs> really like, uh, this like community care, um, I think is, is uh, really the key. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
So um, how can we stalk you online? How can we uh, work with you? What's your website, social media, all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, right, I locked down Glamputee. Uh, so G-L-A-M-P-U-T-E-E -E on Instagram. It's also my website, glamputee.com. I have a resource guide there that I'm really proud of. It has a lot of free content um, that's available to everybody in terms of like podcasts, uh, YouTube videos, articles, books, um, all sorts of different things if you're curious about what disability justice means and how to better incorporate that into the work that you're doing. Um, if you want to work with me, shoot me an email, alex at glamputee.com. Uh, I'd love to come to spaces and talk. I'd love to collaborate with people, do lots of fun stuff talking about like disability and sexuality, you know, queerness and disability, racial justice and, and disability. You know, I'm on Venmo. If you want to throw me some free coins, you know, glamputee. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. How much is share? <laughs> they, uh, what's a minimum so that they don't embarrass themselves? <laughs> I, you know, I think that is, I, I, I want to see what people send. I'd be very, very curious. You're, you're nice. I'm a gold digger. So like, if it doesn't meet a minimum amount, I'd be like, what the fuck? Anyways, thank you so much. You're, just, for you're that person commenting on it. Yeah. Just like, excuse yeah. me, I need more. Yeah, like, come on. Like, I'm going to like follow you on Venmo. And like, if they give you like a weak amount, I'm like, did you come from my podcast? You better give more than that. You're <laughs> um. just sending all the Venmo requests. <laughs> I know, right? Like, um. But that's a great strategy. I love that strategy. I should do that next time. Um, but I'll, I'll figure out a minimum so they don't try to shortchange me. I'm not as nice as you are. Um, but all right. So thank you so much, Alex. I really learned so much from this. Uh, thank you so much for educating our audience while having fun. And uh, hope to have you on future episodes to come. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Congratulations on all the work that you're doing. Yeah, thank you.